good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, and most importantly, have fun doing it. We are back and better than ever. I'm Tim. And I'm Sarah. And Sarah, how's it going out west today? Oh, we have had so much snow, which is all we want in the world. And so things are great. It's a very white looking landscape I see outside, which is wonderful. It's like money falling from the sky. I was thinking about you last week because we had the exact same look out my window. Oh, yeah. And we were paralyzed. Our kids didn't go to school for eight days, Sarah. It was crazy. That's insane. We've never had a snow day, I don't think, in Steamboat or Winter Park for the past 25 years. Oh, my gosh. Now, the last time we got together, we talked about mystery shopping and the lady with the tape measure and all that sort of thing. But we are going in a different tangent today, are we not? Yes. I am going to be the Joanna Gaines of the vacation rental world today. And I'll be the and Chip Gaines. You're going to be who? You're going to be Chip? Perfect. Oh, boy. So... We're going to do the decor episode, the ever-anticipated decor episode, and we're actually going to do it in two episodes because there's so much to cover. So today we're going to go through step one and two, and the next episode, three and four, because you know what our commitment is, Tim? We only do 30 minutes. That's the right? idea. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so, so is this stuff really important, though? You sound just like an owner. <laughs> oh, Yes. For those of you that are listening right now who might be Tim's demographic, if you know what I mean, and you think this might not matter and you're fast forwarding or saying, I'll just listen in a couple weeks when they're done with this, you're the exact person that needs to tune in. Okay. Yeah, I replaced the <laughs> because, carpet six years ago. What are you talking about? Exactly. So 10 years ago, I would say 20 years ago when you started in this business, whenever that was, Tim. Photos mattered, but not like they do today. Mm -hmm. The internet, booking online, booking on your cell phone, and then style was not as big of a thing as it is in 2018. HGTV did not exist. It really has changed everything. Look at Target. You can get stylish, cool upgrades to your home, and people are buying home goods more than ever and changing up what they have at home. It used to be like my parents redid their kitchen and it looked the same 30 years later, right? It was completely acceptable. It's not anymore and it's not my fault. So we have to face the music. And a certain look is selling. I don't know if you know that, but a, a certain look is what people want. The hipsters, even the 30, 40 year olds, they want that restoration hardware, West Elm. You know, we'll get into that more in, in the second part of this topic on the next episode. That's what's selling, not the older look. And we're doing actual, we'll talk about this too, but we're doing comparative studies of the exact same 
condo, same townhome, same layout, same views. One's decorated one way, one's decorated another. And we're seeing substantially more revenue in the one that's decorated the way I'm going to explain how I think you should decorate. Um, But this is a tough topic, right? And I go go to this owner that maybe is a Tim-like owner, (laughs) (laughs) pigeonholing you, and he says, well, I decorated it 10 years ago. It's fine. My couch is brown. What does it matter? I think it's good. I don't want to waste and go buy more. How do you explain to that owner why they should change fundamental parts of their home in order to garner more revenue and get more bookings? That's what we're going to cover. And one thing, you, I think you said it a minute ago, that the average age of the owners is creeping up. Like above 50 would certainly be the low end of the average. But our guest averages seem to be going down, like yes, 35. Yes, and I, I, that came to me. As I was preparing for this episode, I I think it's a pretty important topic that the 50 to 70-year-old who usually owns a second home, even in the mountains here, even in the ski resorts, they have a certain style, right? I mean, I don't want to say what everybody's style is. Some are contemporary, but the majority is that early American, that very mountainy, at least where I live, lots of wood, but not a, a modern look. Yet guests who are coming from urban areas are seeing industrial, modern metal and more sleek wood and lower back couches and all that kind of stuff. That's what they're seeing. That's the Airbnb look, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. That division, that there's a chasm between the two groups that I think is making this hard to explain. It's good. So, well, and you alluded to it as well. I'm not sure you said it as clearly as I needed to hear it. HGTV seems to be really driving this. Well, I I actually do have a pretty good idea about your house. My house, it's on all the flipping time. My wife watches it religiously. Of course, my wife is a general contractor and interior design person, so I can talk about being Chip Gaines all I want. She makes the decisions, but I would imagine that it's the same in your house. Well, I have an odd situation. Chris really likes decor, so we argue about this a lot. Mm, okay. <laughs> I wish I had the full reign, but usually, yes, it's the woman. And actually, when we get into how to convince owners, I've noticed when you broach the subject with owners, the woman all of a sudden is your best friend. And she says, I've been telling him I hate that couch. <laughs> and she loves that I'm on her side. So you can work that to your advantage. Okay. Good tip. So you said you had four steps. And we're going to cover two of those today, and then we'll come back on the next episode and cover the last two. So, ready to get into it? Yeah. So, we're going to go through our four steps. The first two today are how to convince and educate yourself, how to convince owners existing and new that they need to upgrade and change their decor. And this is really going to be more about decor and look. We're, we'll get a little into mattresses and comfort of pillows and things like that. Okay. But we're going to get into more of a design discussion And then in the next episode, we're going to talk about what to buy. What can you get biggest bang for your buck to make more revenue? A little bit about style. I'll talk about what's apparently hip out there. And then the process. Uh, Once you decide you want, the owner says go for it, what is the process? Because it doesn't just happen overnight. you got to pick things out. you got to buy. you got to deliver. you got to set it up, remove it, and then, of course, new photos. So we'll cover three and four in the next, next episode. Let's get into number one, which is first you have to convince yourself. So do you want me to lead that off, Tim? Yes, because I do need convincing on this. I, I've got to say I am, I am petrified about irritating my owners, and they're running down the street. So help me on this. 
Okay. I was petrified as well. And I, over the past 12 months, have taken the leap and approached several owners and it was scary. Mm -hmm. But what I've actually noticed is by opening the door to this, broaching the subject, the owners at first are defensive usually, say, no, we'll never do that. And then they, I think they're actually respecting me more because they're saying she cares about my rentals. She's on the cutting edge and she's talking to me about something that isn't easy to talk about. So I think taking the less, well, should I just call it the wimpy approach of accepting <laughs> it as it is? Yeah, okay. Uh, you're you're kind of saying it's fine. And then how do you say in three years from now it's not fine? So uh, that that gets into how, how you talk to potential owners. But when you convince, um, so it, it's back to the 60-year-old man is my, is my um, persona here. Which I am not. I know. You're not at all. You're 62, right? Just kidding. <laughs> when you are 60, though, Tim, you might be the toughest sell for this mm-hmm. um, because they just think this is a fad. Mm-hmm. This doesn't matter to me. This is silly. I'm, this is not true. This is not how I feel, right? They're mm-hmm. defensive. They're sure of what they think. And you have to explain to them, this isn't about you. This is about what people want. And then I think you have to go to the Instagram moment. And I've noticed this when we were remodeling on a HOA board I'm on. I was trying to get them to put an Instagram moment in the lobby, something everyone wanted to take a picture in front of. And when we were on the conference call, I realized that no one was talking. It was like, well, they were either ignoring me or they were confused. A 60-year-old-plus crowd does not understand the power of Instagram. They don't understand that everybody is taking photos of everything. Everyone's judging and sharing and showing what a great place I'm in versus what you're in. And it's free advertising every time they do that social activity. So you have to go down this route, I think, explaining it to the older crowd. But then really what it comes to is you have to convince yourself of the numbers. I thought maybe I was just into decor and design and this was silly. But then we took one of our, we call it Trailhead Lodges in Winter Park. We took one of them that was decorated to the nines the way I think people want color and modern but comfortable and it has just the photos really shine compared to an exact replica. And we did the the comparison for an entire year. And that condo is making 42% more in revenue with the exact amount of like availability. You know, it's not like the owners using the other one more 42%. That is an enormous revenue difference. And so when you talk numbers to the crowd that doesn't want to upgrade their decor, it becomes more of a revenue discussion versus I don't like your taste. I prefer another taste. Let me ask you something and interject here on this because it occurs to me as you're talking about this, We've had this discussion before about my home versus my rental property. When you talk Mm. about that 60-year-old man, he might be quick to say, well, it's my home, and I'm going to do what... The fact of the matter, it is not his home. He is in business in your market, and you're the market expert. Does that get into this as well, that they need to detach themselves from their personal preference of a home? 
Yeah, I've heard you say that before, and I really like that point. You're in a business. You're opening your home as a business. It's a touchy thing because some owners don't think they're in business. Mm -hmm. They think, well, my wife wanted to rent this to try to pay for some of the dues. And you can see how committed an owner is when you have this conversation. You know, you don't want the owner to hate their place. You don't want to force them into some style that they just cringe when they walk through the door. I've watched owners, once they start to accept that we're going to do this, they actually change their taste a little bit. They see that the updated look is better. They might look at their home in a different way. And the other point you make, Tim, it's not their home. I can't say this enough. People are very comfortable with their home not being updated because it's what they're comfortable Mm -hmm. with. They're not trying to sell their own home. You have to make that point too. This is different than your buddy coming over for dinner. You are trying to sell this home and make money. You mentioned before how you were dismissed by some early, but you've gained some traction on this, establishing yourself as an expert. I think facts have a long road in this industry, and you just laid some facts on us that I think people are still mind-blown that you have done basically some A-B testing on decor, and so you have facts and research on your time, uh, on your side, rather, and I would think that that's really important that you have to talk from facts, not just theory. You do. I mean, and this is a little bit of theory, but I do think it's almost factual. And that is when you're going on vacation, you want something that looks new, comfortable, clean, and fun. And if it looks like it was decorated in 1999, before I even walk in the door, I'm pretty sure it's dirty. Because somebody's been sitting on that couch for 15 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so if you have this updated look, it looks special. And that's what a traveler is going to choose. I also shared with a recent owner that there are thousands of vacation rentals in our area. And they're not always booked all the time every day. If you want to be chosen, this is truly how I believe you get chosen. And this is back to just finishing off point one of convincing yourself, Tim. You said you're a little bit weary of approaching owners. Mm-hmm. But then you talked about, what was her name? The guest that said Ms. that one property didn't Ms. live. Miss Alor. Miss Okay. You have a brand. And if you let Joe, let's call him Joe Smith, Joe and Mary. Okay. Joe and Mary, you're going to let them keep their place looking outdated. First of all, you're putting that out there on your website. This is your brand. You're fine with the pelican-covered old couch that you bounce off of when you sit down in it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're saying that's completely okay. That's your brand. You you need to look inwardly and say, is that what I want to be showing? What what I said to myself finally is these three properties I targeted this past year they can leave me. It's okay. If Mm. they cannot accept an upgrade, I don't want them on my website. I want to show that we are hip and cool. And that doesn't mean I'm 21. It just means that we're fresh. We know what the latest trend is and we are the place to stay. Okay. I I, think I, I am still reluctant, but you haven't been able to give me something I can argue with yet. Darn you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's my question before we go to point two. When you picked that place in the Cayman Islands yes. that you just went to, I don't know, three mm-hmm. weeks ago, yep. did you look at the photos and did the decor matter to you at all? Wow. Okay. You got me because I had it down between two places and it was the photos and decor of this property that I chose over the other one. And what was it about the decor? What was the thing that it was different? Lo- it looked new and fresh and to use your word, hip, 
<laughs> Whereas the other one had some crate furniture. It it actually had crate furniture in the living room. And this one, yeah. and it actually turned out when we got there, we realized it was recently remodeled, new floors, new kitchen, new furniture. So I guess I'm making a pretty weak argument here to fight back on convincing myself. I, I guess I just had to have it pointed out to me. It is important. I'm, I, I'm killing it. I'm so bringing you over to my side here. <laughs> because the crate furniture, even though you you might have thought, oh, that, I'm sure that's fine. It's comfortable enough. It is telling you the experience might be a crate furniture experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Like True. it's going to be. Uh. True. Yes. No, no question. All right. Should we go to number two? Yeah. So, okay. So, you. I won't see you quote have convinced me, but you've drugged me along pretty well. So I guess we can check number one off that we, I, I, you have educated me and yes, I do need to talk to some owners. So yes, we can move to number two now, but how do we do that now? Yeah. So this is the tar- the hard part. And I've learned quite a bit over the past couple of years of speaking to owners in these tough situations. So let's go through these points. Mm-hmm. It's not as hard as you might think it is. It feels really uncomfortable at first when you bring it up but if you try a few you start to get comfortable ripping on their home (laughs) so first like i mentioned i think you need to identify your biggest offenders tim can you think of a few you don't have to say who they are but due to few pop to mind in on, on your program yes actually i eliminated one of them this year so in spite of what i said I did follow your lead on this, on the convincing thing. Okay, so did you eliminate them before you asked them to replace their furniture, or did you just eliminate them? I actually did it after the fact, and I personally was involved. And interestingly, again, I'm doing a terrible job arguing with you on this. I remember now, I look back, I wrote the guy an eight-page letter about what he needed to do at the property, and that was two and a half years ago. And I walked into the property... And he had not done a single thing that I had asked. And, and so you dumped him. We, we were getting lit up by complaints. And it was a, it was a, a money-producing property. But it was at the point where at what cost to my staff from the mental anguish and so on. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, I had to let him go. And so that's one that comes to mind. Actually, another one comes to mind is an owner who thinks they know best. And uh, difficult to deal with that mentality. So I'm interested to hear your strategies on this. Well, and that is why this episode is perfect for you. (laughs) (laughs) Because owners need help. And whether we want to face that or not, they aren't always there. They don't live there. This is a daunting approach. Look around your house right now. If you're you're listening to this podcast, you might look around your house and go, I hate everything in my living room, but when am I ever going to have time to replace that, figure it out? And you just never do, right? That's why my parents' kitchen stayed the same for 30 years. My dad is into decor, but he probably just thought, oh, it's good enough. So here's how I think you convince most owners to upgrade. And it doesn't always work, believe me. So first of all, I think you have to be ready to walk away if they won't do anything. Otherwise, your words don't mean much. So it was good you walked away after two and a half years. Mm -hmm. But I think you need to put articles in your newsletter, maybe an entire email around it. Talk about it as you're not directly talking to, let's call Joe and Mary. Mm -hmm. So they've Mm -hmm. maybe read the article. It starts to percolate in their mind. They're thinking, oh boy, Sarah's coming after me. You know, they, they feel on the spot, but you haven't said anything yet. Then... I don't think you should email them. That's where 
I would say calling them is best or meeting them in person. This is not easy. Some people are very offended when you rip on how their place looks. Let me interject there because those mm -hmm. things that you just mentioned, that guy who we'll call him Joe, never read the newsletter, only looked at every third email, and certainly wouldn't take offense because he never saw it. You know, the ones that read it usually are not the ones that need to read it kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So what do you think about calling? I guess that's the way you got to do it. You better have some facts on your side. So do you use like reviews? Is that kind of a basis of what you would start the conversation with? Yes. I mean, first of all, now that I have actual data to share revenue growth, the, the perfect scenario here is when an owner with an outdated property complains about revenue. It's like, come to mama, right? Because <laughs> I just say, oh, it's funny you mentioned that. We have this data comparison of how much more money owner A is making than owner B based on the look and feel and looking at your place, boom, right? You can go with that. If they're not reaching out to you and you see their neg their revenue going down, I think it's a good segue when you call to say, I notice your revenue is not doing as well We're get and we're getting negative reviews. And Tim, would you agree with me at least on this point mm -hmm. that when you send negative reviews to an owner about their place, they are quicker to act than when you tell them yourself. They, they're very like, oh, Betty Joe cares about how my place looks. Who cares that Sarah's been telling me for years, but now a renter is is not liking it. Do you, what do you think about that? Well, you really put me on the spot here because I'm just feeling really uncomfortable in this chair. I keep shifting around here. I think it depends on the owner, and I do have some owners. I'm thinking of one. I've had several owners come to mind, as I'm sure some of our listeners have as they're listening to you uh, shame us here, that – one is like a consortium of accountants. It's four couples, and all eight of them are accountants. They could care less about anything other than the income. And then when I provided them the reviews, they're like, oh, that's the first we've heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> so, Never take on eight accountants. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that may be my first strategy. But I don't think that they would embrace it as much as uh, I'm thinking of another owner that's just down the road from my office who would take it to heart and say, can I get their phone number to apologize? You know, So there's definitely kind of the scales of justice going on there. Yeah, that's true. So that's where you have to figure out what's the right approach. Is it that they care about what someone else thinks or do they care about the numbers? And maybe if you just go into the numbers. But the other way to convince, and I, and I try to say it in a really nice way. I mean, I would never call them and say, hi, this is Sarah. Your place looks like junk. And we need to replace everything in your, all your bedrooms. I just mm -hmm. call and say, hey, I was I walked through your home. That works well because mm -hmm. they're like, you did. I walked through your home and I was struck by your couch. It's it's time. It's time for your couch or your dining room table. It's just been used so much. You've been on our program for 10 years. It's time to upgrade. And the next thing to convince them is that you're going to offer them a helping hand. And you have to decide if you can do this, right, Tim? I mean, it's mm -hmm. a big effort. But it's either coming up with offering a decorator. We have a decorator, Dory, who lives in Steamboat, but also works with a lot of our owners in Winter Park. She's willing to work with anybody around the country, actually, but she's phenomenal. She has all these ideas. She works well to, to match what would work for this owner, make it unique to them. Offering a decorator. Offering, here's, here's a crazy idea. I want to know what you think on this. Because mm. when you go to an owner and say, all right, your place, let's say your living room needs to be upgraded. 
and they agree with you, but maybe they're, they think they don't want to spend any money, whether they're tight with cash, I don't know, whatever their reason is, you can finance it for them. So that's, I don't know if you're allowed to do that in North Carolina, but in Colorado, we could, honestly, we could just buy it all for them if we wanted to. You could put the money up front and just put it on their statement and then let the money come out as they get rentals. And another thing we've done is we've said, all right, you get the couch, I'll get the bedding. Or some deal where you they feel like you're throwing something in along with what they're doing because you do get a percentage of the revenue. So it does feel a little uncomfortable to say, go spend $10,000 and I, Sarah, am going to reap the benefits. So what are your thoughts on that? Wow, it's pretty unique. I have not heard of anybody do that. It's just about, it's like making a loan. You can have terms on that. I kind of like the idea, particularly if you go to any conferences, you know that we have contacts with some of these linen manufacturers that provide us bedding and so on. And you can go to the local mattress store and the local furniture store. I think they'd much rather deal with you as their buyer than Mr. Joe from Denver or whatever that they've never met before. So it's got some legs. I'm, I'm peaked. My interest is peaked on that one. I've done it quite a bit lately. Mm -hmm. They feel like they got something for the money they spent. They felt like I threw some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And then when that offers on the table, there's also a time, like a time requirement to act. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to do this now. Instead of someday, like your two and a half year ago email, right? Mm -hmm. Two and a half years later, they just never got around to it. I do feel like you need to help them, whether it's the best, I think the best approach is to get a decorator you trust that knows what works in vacation rentals, the type of fabric to get, the type of look, what's going to pop in photos, what's the best bang for your buck, and then to recommend them and get them to order it all and get in the process later. But also offering bulk buying. Again, this is a newsletter thing, Tim. Do you ever send out and say, okay, we have got a deal on mattresses. Everyone that need mat meets mattresses, we're going to be doing a bulk order November 1st. Get your name in the pot, and we'll order them all and deliver them. I have not done that. I like it. Yeah, because then there's a, and there's a time limit, right? There's a, mm -hmm. there's a deadline. They have to react. It's also easier for your staff to, to do it. Mm -hmm. And then another part of talking to them, so let's say we have the awkward, you're dreading the conversation. You're not even convinced yourself the place is outdated. <laughs> you Tim. But you talk to them and the reaction at first is, well, we don't have money for that. Our children in college and I think it's just fine. And you will notice they're defensive. I'd mm -hmm. say nine times out of 10, they get defensive and resistant. Mm -hmm. But this is something I've noticed. Okay, It's called the 24 hour phenomenon. Mm -hmm. They either hang up the phone or they shut the door nicely to me when I leave the house. And the wife, and especially a husband and wife, if that's the situation there, the husband and wife talks and they start to accept it, especially the man. He has to take about 24 hours. I recently gave this news to a potential owner and the next day they have not signed on with me or anything. The next day, he was FaceTiming my cell phone from the furniture store saying, what do you think of this dresser? <laughs> oh, wow. And they went out and spent probably five grand the next day. People have to, they have to sleep on it. Do you know what I mean? You have mm -hmm. to 
don't expect them right away to say, yes, I'm dying to spend $15,000 to re redo my place. I'm so glad you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. You got to let it sink in. I like that. The other thing I like, the thing that I was most concerned about is that I would be thrust in the middle by having to provide them some sort of an expert on staff, that decor person, or Tim, mm -hmm. can you give me suggestions? You you try to use a third party that helps out on this, so it's not you talking about what they need to do. I, I like that part of it, too. So Right. And we're going to get into ideas for what to recommend in the next episode. If you spend a little time with the decorator or the decorator creates it for you, you can get some, you could attach it to an email or send it in a newsletter or send it by snail mail. It wouldn't take that long to come up with ideas and examples of what works and what doesn't. And before and after photos help somebody too. Another idea is I send the owner a couple examples of places that have been upgraded that have different looks, but I think they're all acceptable. And I say to them, which one of these do you like? And some of them, they'll write back and say, oh, I don't like that one, but I kind of like that one. And then they can get comfortable that they might actually enjoy the end product versus walk into a house that they don't like at all. So Great. I love it. Very you know what? We are coming up on 30 minutes. We promised these oh, folks to be 30 God. minutes. So I'm going to ask you, do you want to do a not so hot off the press or do we stop it here, come back and pick it up where we left off? I think we skip hot off the press. Okay. That's what I think. And we Since can, I got 30 seconds by doing that, can I can I end on one note? You can you can do it. This is your episode obviously. Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> and that is the end of step 3, which is when it's a potential owner. Oh. And I think this can be the hardest part. And that is you're, you walk into a home, you think this perfect for your program, you just met these people, you have no relationship, and you have to tell them, nice place, but your property is outdated. And here's my takeaway on this one. If you don't face the music right then, how in the world three years later can you tell them they have to fix their place and why are they not getting the revenue you promised? So I say don't leave that home without going for it and telling them what they had to do. I've done it a few times recently and they will respect you more. They actually want to be on your program. You seem hard to get and it works. And they either upgrade or don't take the product, right? That's your mm -hmm. brand. I don't think you should take something you don't feel like you can sell. That's great. That's Maybe my biggest takeaway, and it's one I feel most comfortable with, because I think it's very difficult for an owner to switch from one program to another anyway, although there mm -hmm. are some, it seems like they switch every year. <laughs> when you talk to the owner, you go, well, you'll be the fourth in four years. <laughs> That's probably not a good uh, strategy, but the mindset of them calling you in was a difficult enough process, so they're ready for change is what I'm getting at. They are ready to leave the old and in with the new, so... Seize the opportunity. Yeah, and I think you could say to them, hey, you're going to find somebody that will take your property because they're mm -hmm. desperate, right. but I'm willing to be honest with you, and I'm willing to not get this if you don't want to make the changes you have to make, and boom, all of a sudden they want to be on your program. Fabulous. Well, as we just said, we're going to skip the regular segment of not so hot off the press but definitely happening, and we're going to pause it here, going to break because we promised you 30 minutes, and we're going to break our tradition. We usually we'll come back in 10 days with a new episode. I'll promise you we'll get episode out in the episode the next episode out in the next 2 days. So how about that? Sounds good, Tim. Okay. Want to sum up? 
Yes, ma'am. Well, you covered two of our four approaches on this. And the whole idea here is the four key steps to upgrading a home. And step number one was convincing yourself. And step number two, then hopefully after you do convince yourself, if you don't convince yourself, you need to stop at step one. But if you get to step past that, then you need to convince owners, existing and potential ones that you haven't even signed on. Fantastic. Okay, Sarah, good stuff. I can't wait to get to the continuation of this episode as we talk more about upgrading your properties. And we'll be back to do that in just the next couple of days. Thanks, Sarah. Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Talk to you soon. Okay, so long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, professional vacation rental managers podcast brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Together, Sarah and Tim manage more than 600 privately owned vacation rental properties, and both are regarded as experts in the vacation rental management industry. Music provided by Ben Sound. We encourage your participation on this podcast by sharing it with friends, and please feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Comments or reviews on this particular podcast can be made on their website. See to ski with sarahnt.com, where you can also subscribe to the podcast as well as provide them feedback on this episode or give them ideas for future topics. We look forward to speaking with you next time on See to Ski with Sarah and T.